The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. The Jeff Fisher Show. Saturday mornings, 9 to noon Eastern. On the Blaze Radio Network. This week, we were told, and for some reason it hasn't been uh, out in the open, and I don't know why, but thankfully we have uh, Brian Lilly from, uh, where are you from again? Where are you from again? It's called The Rebel or something? The Rebel, and I, I host a talk show up here in Ottawa, Canada. What's the talk show? It's called Beyond the News. Beyond the News? Nighttime radio, my friend. I love that. How's that going, by the way? It's it's going really well. I, uh, You know, it's uh, talk radio has always been my first love when it comes to media and having worked in TV uh, for the largest newspaper chain up here and in radio. I'll take radio any day. Of the Boy, week. no kidding. I, I'm a big fan of not being seen. Uh, I, well, it's just more fun, too. I have. I definitely. I was born with a face for radio. I mean, that whole face for radio wow. thing was me. All right, Brian, I know we have serious stuff to get to because earlier this week we found out about a story, and I say we, I mean us here in, in, in America and here in Dallas, Texas, found out about a story that is so unbelievable, and yet it's true. And it's actually happened. So walk us through from the beginning to where we're at now trying to help people. Okay, so I'll give you the thumbnail sketch and then cycle back and fill in details. But this is a story of a Canadian jihadist killing an American soldier in Afghanistan at the end of a battle, spending years in Gitmo because he was captured there, and then the Canadian government apologizing him and giving him a $10.5 million settlement without a word of testimony heard in the lawsuit that was before the courts. Outrageous on every end, from beginning to end. And I can tell you that everybody that hears it is outraged in Canada, in America. Everybody's outraged. And every time I talk about it, the fundraising campaign that we started for the kids of the slain American soldier, Sergeant Christopher Spear, the numbers go up and more people log on to spearkids.com and good. start donating because we said, if everyone's angry, let's do something good with their anger rather than just shake our fists and yell, right? Right. But this all goes back to 2002. And you remember the days just after 9-11 and um, we're there fighting side by each, as they say in Quebec, uh, shoulder to shoulder. And Sergeant Christopher Spear is a part of Delta Force. He's in Afghanistan. They end up in a firefight. Uh, because they approached this compound, tried to talk to the guys in it, seeing what's going on, and they came under fire. So four to five hour uh, firefight happens. The fighting ends. Sergeant Spear, Sergeant Lane Morris uh, out of Utah, they head in there to try and, and they're looking for survivors. They're looking for the wounded. They're seeing what's going on. And this Canadian jihadist named Omar Cotter, he's 15 at the time, throws a grenade that ends up killing Sergeant Spear and taking the eyesight in one eye, I believe the left one, of Sergeant Lane Morris. Now, if you know about battlefield, there are actually laws of war. And when the firefight's done and people are tending to the wounded, you don't attack anyone. Right. You tend to the all. Firefight's wounded. done. This is, you take care of your wounded, you take care of your dead. But the jihadists don't fight like that. And so Omar Cotter throws the grenade. He ends up having his life saved. He was about to bleed out. He gets saved by American troops, shipped off to Gitmo. 
when the, he claims he was tortured. I would dispute that. American courts <laughs> yeah. have not ruled he was uh, tortured. Neither have Canadian courts. But he claimed he it, so... Well, he claimed it, right. but, you know, he wasn't waterboarded. He didn't have bamboo shoots put under the nails. He, he didn't have uh, jumper cables attached to um, any sensitive areas, let's say. Right. He was what part of what's called the frequent flyer program, sleep deprivation. And after one of those sessions, Canadian officials went down and talked to him. Like, I hate to say interrogated because that's too strong of a word. I've seen the video. They talked to him. They asked him questions. What were you doing? Uh, why, you know, why are you involved in this? So that wasn't even an interrogation. Not a real from Canadian officials. You, when you hear interrogation, you think really harsh measures. Yes, right? you do. No, this is an interview. This is this is like Danny Reagan on Blue Bloods uh, talking to the perp. <laughs> <laughs> this is nothing. This is nothing too strenuous. Uh, but you know, he's crying. He's saying he wants to go home. He wants out of there. Things like that. Okay, well, that's nice. But you took up the jihad. So did all your brothers. So did your father, who was one of the financiers of nine eleven. I mean, the family lived with Osama bin Laden for goodness sakes. Uh, so. These are bad dudes, bad family. But because those Canadian officials talked to him after he was deprived of sleep by American officials at Gitmo, our court ruled, okay, his rights were violated. But you know what the courts didn't say, Jeffy? <laughs> they, they, they never said that we had to pay him a dime. They so, never said that. Okay, so the court said, okay, well, maybe his rights were violated, and uh, that's the way it goes. We're sorry. Have a nice day. Yeah, and they didn't even say they were sorry. Uh, this is back in 2010. And the, the, I'll get to why that, that part's important. He's still in Gitmo in 2010. He sued through the courts to uh, force the Canadian government to bring him back to Canada. And it was in that decision that went all the way to the Supreme Court that they said, yeah, your rights are violated, but no, the courts can't force the government to... Uh, and tell it how to operate in relation to another foreign government. That is beyond the court's power. That's executive branch privilege. Yeah. You can't do that. And so they just said, you know, we leave it up to the government to find a remedy. Well, eventually, because Obama wanted rid of him, as soon as he admitted what he did, Obama and Hillary Clinton, the whole Democrat establishment, they wanted rid of yeah. this guy. Well, they were, they were held that time. They forced him on Stephen Harper and the conservative government of the day up here. And Harper said, okay, well, fine, he's back in Canada. Not much I can do about it. He's a Canadian citizen, but I don't have to do anything nice to him. Now we've got Justin, I've got great socks and hair Trudeau in, a very left-wing liberal. Now, this is not your grandfather's liberal or Democratic Party. This is a hard leftist guy. And he comes in and gives Cotter $10.5 in an apology. Everybody's outraged. We decided let's launch a crowdfunding campaign yes. for the children of Christopher Spear. Yes. He left behind Bless Sharon was three. Tanner was 11 months old when this happened. Tabitha has been a, a widow the whole time. It's 15 years on. We've done crowdfunding for them before, raised almost 100 grand last time. Now we're, I think, over 140. I've been doing media interviews all morning. I haven't had a chance to look, uh, but we, we continue to climb. And every time I'm on with, uh, you know, Opelka or even Pat and Stu or Glenn or Dana, and, and now you, you know, more people hear about it and they spread the word, they post it on Facebook, they donate. So uh, those are the two things that I ask people to do today. If you can donate 10 bucks, 10,000, you know your situation and 
there's people listening that could handle both, but also post it on Facebook, post spearkids.com on Facebook and let people know this about this outrageous story. Yes. And I mean, that's absolutely a wonderful thing that you're doing and it's spearkids.com. So spearkids.com is a way to help, uh, help the family that, uh, help the wife and the kids of the father he killed. Uh, one of the reasons, not every reason, but one of the reasons that he was in Gitmo. And uh, so if you can help them, uh, spearkids.com, it would be uh, remarkable. And do whatever you can. Whatever you can. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Uh, whatever you can helps, and it's important. And then I read another story uh, about a a man, Lee Hernandez, from uh, New Braunfels, Texas. It's Army veteran, terminal illness. And his final wish was that he wanted people to text him or give him a call and just talk to him. Uh, he's under hospice care and uh, is is not... He's deteriorating, and they have not been able to pinpoint a cause for Lee's illness and really said there was nothing more that uh, they could do to him except, you know, they're going to, as hospice does, try to make you comfortable. And um, his wife uh, talked about uh, one day uh, she held on to his phone in case someone called. And uh, when he thought about it again, after a couple of hours, uh, she said that no one had called. And he said, I guess no one wants to talk to me. And she was heartbroken because she didn't want to believe that didn't want him to believe that. And, of course, no one wants anyone to believe that, uh, especially when you're Lee Hernandez. So she's asked uh, people to call and text and leave messages so that she can read the text messages to him. He's uh, He has trouble seeing right now. Uh, he's on uh, heavy pain medication. And he, uh, I was going to call him and let him know that uh, we care, we care about him, and we're praying for him. But as I look, um, as I continue to read the story, I know that originally the story said, "Hey, call uh, between two and six p.m. Arizona time," uh, because that's when uh, he is. He is most cognizant of what's going on around him. And she gives the phone number. And she has, they don't answer the phone every time. And they, you know, um, it's just that uh, sometimes uh, he's in just an incredible amount of pain. So text and and leave a message. So I was going to call him on the air. And then I thought, now, you know what? Um, That's, I don't, this isn't. This isn't the time that she asked for people to call, uh, ideally. And so I want you to just take the number 
and between 2 and 6 p.m. Arizona time, I want you to call Lee or text Lee and let him know that uh, uh, you're thinking about him. You heard about it on uh, on Blaze Radio, and you just wanted to let him know that uh, you know you're saying a prayer for him. Uh, you got good thoughts for him. Whatever, whatever you believe in, that's what you have for him. All right. So Lee Hernandez, two one zero six three two six seven seven eight two one zero six three two six seven seven eight. Lee Hernandez. Just text that number, call it, and uh, let him know that uh, he is not all alone, and people do want to talk to him. And thank him for his service as a military veteran uh, in the Army. And uh, we appreciate it. And he's not alone. And he's had this, uh, he's been battling for a long time. And so if any of these calls can bring a little bit of smile and a little warmth to him in his final days bless his heart